0: Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision for You, Big Book Study. My name is Elaine B. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Today is Friday, January 26, 2018. Today we're reading from the big book and we're on page 20 of There is a Solution, reading the third and fourth paragraphs, beginning with how many times people have said through two paragraphs ending with whose reactions are very different than ours we're commenting on both paragraphs today today's readers are kathy r for the 12 steps reggie o for the 12 traditions marie j jody eq and mary h the reference number for the 10 a.m eastern standard time meeting yesterday thursday january 25th is 10967 and the meeting The reference number for this morning's 7 a.m. meeting Eastern Standard Time for Friday, January 26th is 10969. That's 10,969 DOA preamble.
1: Good morning, everybody. My name is Kathy R. I'm in Florida.
0: Thank you for the opportunity to do this service. Here are the 12 steps of OA. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Number three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Number 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for the chance to do service and have a good day. Thank you, Kathy R. I will now ask Reggie O. to please read the 12 Traditions.
2: Thank you, Elaine. Uh, Good morning, everybody. This is Reggie O, gratefully recovered in the Los Angeles area. And here are the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I'll pass. Thank you very much, Reggie O.
0: How our meeting works? Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. When you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book on page 20 of There is a Solution. We're reading the third and fourth paragraph. And I will ask Marie J. to please begin reading. Hi,
3: thanks. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Great. This is Marie J. and I am recovered in Colorado. How many times have people said to us, I can take it or leave it alone, why can't he? Why don't you drink like a gentleman or quit that fellow can't handle his liquor why don't you try beer or wine lay off the hard stuff his willpower must be weak he could stop if he wanted to she's such a sweet girl i should think he'd stop for her sake the doctor told him that if if he ever drank again it would kill him but there he is all lit up again now these are commonplace observations on drinkers which we hear all the time back of them is a world of ignorance and misunderstanding. We see that these expressions refer to people whose reactions are very different from ours." So uh, thanks, Marie from Colorado. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And I love the willpower piece of this, you know, this is such a relief to me to find out that willpower has nothing to do with this disease and that I'm not a bad person, I'm not a weak person, I'm not a broken person, that I have a disease and that I um, also have a solution in this book. And I remember when I was new to program, always... I, I tried to identify in, but what I realized after getting some recovery is that I was really trying to identify out, finding all the ways that I wasn't a compulsive overeater. And in fact, those words compulsive overeater were really hard to say. I don't think I said them for a year. I just couldn't identify with them. And my ego was really strong and I was in control. And so much of my life had been successful and I was independent. And I, I just, there was no way that I was a compulsive overeater. And so that kept me in resistance and that kept me from surrendering and it kept me in self-reliance and not entrusting my higher power. And it also kept me just in a, a diet with group support for the first couple of years of program and I succeeded at the diet and I made friends in the program and it was all good. But I didn't get recovery until I completely identified in and accept this condition, this condition of hopelessness and powerlessness over this disease. And only then could I begin to learn how to surrender my will. And it took three years and I'm still, you know, five years in program, still working at it daily, surrendering. And so in these paragraphs, we're learning about the judgment and the ignorance of others who don't understand our disease. And it's, And I didn't understand it for the first three years of being in program either. So, you know, it's really easy for me to react with my my own ego and my own judgment around people who don't understand our disease. But right here, our code, it says in our book, our code is kindness and tolerance. And it's my job to recover, 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 and to be able to show up in a new way, to be safe. And when I show up, in recovery, and I am safe, then recovery is attractive, and it draws other people in through the attraction, not through promotion and not through ego. And what I've learned in in my time in recovery is that anyone can use this program, you don't have to be an addict. You know, this is becoming a useful way of life for my husband, who's not an addict. But we compulsive eaters are the lucky ones, you know, I finally see how lucky I was to have this disease because there are so many people out here who could use the program and, and of course, you know, saying, oh, but I'm not an addict, I'm not a compulsive overeater, I'm not an alcoholic, you know, this is a design for living. And we have a guidebook and we have these instructions and people in this program who will give freely what they receive. So I'm so grateful to have this disease because now I have the solution. And today in recovery, I have freedom and joy and happiness and surrender. So what could be better? Thanks, I pass. Thank you
0: very much, Marie J. Who would like to comment on the two paragraphs Marie read? This is Jen A. I heard Carrie K and Jen A. Um, Is it Karen C?
4: Karen
0: C. Karen C, thank you. Karen C. Karen T. Marcy M. Marcy M. Allison C. Allison C. And Leah S. Okay, let's start with that. I may have a last initial wrong here or there. I have Carrie K., Jan P., um, Ken C., no, Jen C., uh, Wendy M., Karen T., Marcy N., Alice, uh, Alisa N., and Leah S. And if I get anything not quite right with the pronunciation of your name or your last initial, please let me know as it's your turn. So we'll start out with Carrie K. and then Jan P.
5: Thank you so much. This is Carrie Kay recovering in Colorado and uh, Marie J. Thank you so much for your summary and And the recognition that just stepping into the rooms isn't always what it takes. it it takes time to truly understand the program because boy, am I still working on that. But what I love in this in this paragraph or two is people who don't suffer from this disease of compulsive eating behaviors obviously can't understand it. And it sounds so simple to say, well, you can eat anything, just eat it in moderation. Or, Oh, you just can't eat sugar. That's, that's easy enough to do. And it sounds easy and I wish it was easy, but then you'd have to cut my mind out of the equation because it's the disease in my mind that's saying, Oh, you can eat that today, you'll get better on track tomorrow, or that one little bite isn't going to hurt you, where I know perfectly well that that first compulsive bite sends me nowhere but down into an eating spiral. So while I don't expect people who don't suffer from this disorder to to understand this disorder, I have to realize that I have to understand it, And I can't listen to the other people, and I can't listen to the disease in my head, because all of that will just lead me to the same place. And it's a place I've been and a place I really don't want to visit again. And I just have to remember that. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much, Carrie Kay. So Jen P.
1: followed by Karen C. up next. Jen P.? Or was it Dan P? I'm sorry, I write so fast sometimes I can't read my own writing.
0: <laughs> okay, well let's jump ahead then to Karen C, please. Or hello? This is Jen A. Oh, Jen A. Thank yeah. you very much for your patience. Okay, Jen A. No, thank it's you okay. so much.
6: Please oh, go ahead I'm and you're followed me. by Karen C. <laughs> Thank you, and thank you so much for your service this morning. I'm Jen, a recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic from the state of Colorado. Um, I'm so excited about this paragraph today because I get to identify in with what others thought and others said to me in my disease. And I love it when um, it starts off, and I kind of reword it to say that no one saw me um, eat like a lady in public. Of course they saw me eat like a lady in public. But my outward outward appearance of 222 pounds at certain periods of time in my life, um, they probably were like, well, how could she be so fat if she is only eating these little amounts? But I could eat out of control when I was alone, and that's what I did. Um, and then it would be really interesting because I would go to family events and people would say to me, Oh, you poor girl, maybe you should just eat smaller portions or use a smaller plate. Or how about the um, one that my dad used to always say to me, just take one bite of the dessert and push it away. All you need is one bite. Um, I can still hear him saying that in my head every single time we sit down for dessert. And I don't eat anything now. But um, anyway, so it was Then it came to the willpower, right? Um, and, um, I, you know, people were like, oh, if you just had, had the willpower to stop, um, you're such a beautiful girl somewhere deep down inside you. You're so beautiful. If you could just lose the weight. Well, willpower for me didn't work, um, because that's the white knuckling. That's the me. And so I look at the word willpower and I say, will is what I do. So if I can separate that word and chop it in half and get rid of my will and pick up the power, that's amazing to me. Because that power is God's power. That's the power that I need. That's a spiritual solution in my program that's helping me day in and day out. And so I'm just so thankful today um, that the food is not my issue, that there are other things that crop up, and that I have this practical program of action um, to work through. Um, anything that comes my way, thank you, God. And so with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you very much, Jen A.
1: We have Karen C up next, followed by Wendy M. Please go ahead, Karen. Do I want to mute. unmute Karen. Hi, this is Karen T
0: from New Orleans. Okay, Karen, thank you so much. Please that, go ahead. I, I thought you yep. said Karen T before I even had ever said my name. Um, my name's Karen. I'm a compulsive reader from New Orleans Recovered and so grateful to be here. Um, I did not know it wasn't willpower before coming into OA. And I Heard that at my first meeting that there's a disease out there that is not conquerable by willpower, and that was so helpful to me because I had shamed myself. My self-talk for years was, "Why can't you control this, Karen? You have willpower in other areas of your life. Why can't you control this?"
7: But the other thing that this um,
0: paragraph reminds me is. How much I fear other people judging me like I can be walking down the street and I can imagine the people on the street saying exactly what this is saying why can't she control it you'd think she'd do it you know there the doctor told her not to do it again and there she is all this and so I spend a lot of time in other people's minds fear of what other people are thinking of me was a huge part of my fears list. And when I did it, fifth step with all those fears, my sponsor said to me, well, Karen, if you weren't,
7: we had a long discussion, but she said,
0: Karen, if you weren't so judgmental in your own mind, then you wouldn't be worried that other people are being judgmental in their minds? And I, uh, that was a revelation to me that I am very judgmental in my own mind, so I transfer that onto other people's. Well, they must be judgmental because I'm, in my selfishness, judgmental of
8: others a lot.
0: And so our answer for that is seeing other people as
9: spiritually sick,
0: and I have no idea um, why other people do what they do. And it's not my job to judge. I am not the director of the play. God is the director. And can I really leave all judgment behind and instead trust my higher power? That's what I'm working on right now. And by working on, I mean inviting God into. I don't want to work on it, but what I really need to do is keep praying about it, keep noticing it, and keep saying the seven step prayer on this issue because um, if I can judge people less in my own mind, then I'm not so worried about what other people are thinking of me.
7: So thank you very much. I pass.
0: Thank you very much, Karen T. And Wendy M., you're up next, followed by Karen C.
4: Yes, good morning. Uh, Wendy M. gratefully recovered in Colorado Thank you all for your service today. I'm grateful to be on the line. Thank you God for the abstinence I have this morning. So so many things come to mind here. Um, first of all, this, this word misunderstanding, like do not misunderstand me. Um, you need to get me, you need to know me. You need to grok me. You have to understand me. And um, so when someone doesn't get it, I get super aggressive and defensive. Um, And if you don't get me, if you misunderstand me, if you don't get me, you can't take care of me. I'm desperately dependent on other people getting me. And, you know, when people comment on my food, when I, whatever, I bring my food everywhere, my meals, and people comment, I get so defensive. I get so, I feel aggressively defensive. Um, And, you know, again, because they don't get me you know I am fully in self and I'm fully in a defensive posture um you know and and uh and and they'll say well what's your diet you know they want to understand it and i literally want to read the entire big book to them at that moment or just give them a copy because i'm so offended that they don't get it you know and it's like wow let's take a look at that you know it's like um you know, and, I, and I, I get to take a look at that for sure. And I think it's because of years of a family saying things like, leave the table hungry. Um, you're such a pretty girl. if You'd only lose the weight. Or, you know what, I don't really think you're ever going to lose the weight, so we'll find you a fat husband. Because that's how it's going to go. Um, and, you know, it's like, stay in my swim lane today. Like, who cares what people think of my food? Look, this food plan, this program, this entire abstinence is saving my life every single day. And um, I have to say, I'm going to be on a trip with eight other people, uh, and we are all sharing the same kitchen. And I do have some fear around um, having people see me. Having people see my food, it feels really intimate for me. You know, I weigh my food. I eat a lot of the same food every day. And uh, you know what? I get to do a 10-step on this and to, you know, take a look at what, what's really underneath this sort of defensiveness um, and the fear that I have. I just, I wanted to admit that. And then it also says here, like, how many times people have said to us, and all these things are self-knowledge, right? I always knew I was overweight. I always knew that I shouldn't be eating, you know, at least three sleeves of Oreo cookies, you know, chugging it down with milk and then another batch of more cookies. I always knew that wasn't right. But I felt so broken. I felt so crappy about myself, so ashamed that I couldn't stop. You know, And we have this program that says, we're not broken. Nothing's wrong with me. Nothing is wrong with me. I have a disease. Doctor's opinion is a game changer. It is a gentle difference. reminder. Thank you. Um, and with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you,
1: Wendy M. Karen C., you're up next, followed by Marcy N. I believe there was a Karen C. Marcy N, why don't you go ahead and come on?
0: And uh, I may have gotten it wrong with the Karen C. This is Karen C. Oh, here she is. Sorry, Marcy. Sorry. sorry, Marcy. Please go ahead, Karen. and
7: then Marcy I'm sorry. Will be next. This is
8: my
0: first time sharing. Oh, how wonderful! Thank you.
8: So I'm recovered from New Jersey. I and this paragraph means a lot to me because everyone asked me these questions, and they'd say, "Karen, you know you can do this. You can do this." I was in another uh, group support weight loss program, and was trying to explain to them why I couldn't do it. Finally brought it to my mind that I can't do it and at that time you know that saying is it odd or God last August my sister brought me to an OA meeting and I read the doctor's opinion and it was like oh my God I'm right I can't do this I just can't not by myself I need a higher power so I'm so grateful that I came to this program I've been through the steps i'm recovered i work on it every day i have to work on it every day and um it's these questions that people ask me that i finally asked myself that brought me to recovery and i'm very grateful for that and with that i pass
0: thank you very much karen c and marcy and you're up
1: next followed by allison c Hi, I'm Marcy M. Can I be heard?
10: Yes, you can. Hi, I'm Marcy M. I'm a gratefully recovered compulsive overeater currently in Ensenada, Mexico. I'm recovered today only by the gift of my higher power. And I want to say that I found my higher power through Overeaters Anonymous, and through practicing the 12 steps as they are outlined in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and I maintain that connection and my recovery today, by continue to practice those 12 steps as a way of life. And as I look back, all of these things were said to me in one form or another, especially the, you know, you have such a pretty face and why don't you lose some weight and why don't you just push away from the table or just eat a little? Um, And, um, you know, partners saying to me, you're not attractive anymore. You know, why don't you stop for my sake? And my standard response to all of those things was, you know, mind your own business and I'm fine and it's not affecting my health and if you don't like it, You know, forget you. Um, And then about 16 years ago, my obesity started to seriously impact my health. Um, I was over over 100 pounds overweight and had really serious health issues. And the doctor finally said to me in no uncertain terms that you can't go on this way, that it's going to kill you. And I made up my mind, you know, famously made up my mind that I was going to quit. And I was going to stop and I was going to get my binging under control and I was going to stop eating, you know, the way I had been eating and I was going to lose 100 pounds probably in a week. And it seems to me, looking back, that the harder I tried to stop, the worse it got. The more I tried to control my food and my eating, the worse it got. And it really wasn't until I finally accepted the fact that on my own I was not going to be able to stop, but something shifted in me, and I'm, I'm so grateful that uh, almost 15 and a half years ago, after six months of really really trying to control my my eating, that that 15 and a half years ago I entered the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous and finally surrendered to this program, and and miracles have happened for me ever since. I've been maintaining a, a healthy body weight for almost 15 years now and at 62 years old, I'm healthier than I was in my 40s when I came to OA. So, um, I just wanted to say I'm, I'm so grateful for this program and I'm grateful um, that I was able to identify really with these passages and see myself and um, to give up trying to do it my way and start to doing it the way um, that led me to recovery.
0: And with that, I pass. Thank you very much, Marcy M. Allison
1: C., you're up next, followed by Leah S. Allison C.? Star 1 to unmute. Hi, this is Allison C. I
11: apologize. (laughs) I couldn't unmute for a second there. Can you hear me?
1: Yes, thank you.
11: Okay, so so grateful to be with Allison C. from New Jersey, currently in Connecticut for the weekend. And um, so grateful to be on this line live because I don't get that opportunity so often. And I just love this part of the big book because um, when I first read it and as I continue to read it, very clear to me that like all of these little questions that um, people are saying and even the own little judgments that I have in my mind, um, they're all just like these, um, they're just thoughts. They're just like these thoughts. And I I think I'm more critical of myself than people actually are of me. Um, You know, I just remember being like in high school my mom like putting me on a diet thinking, you know, like this. This girl has a problem. Um, you know, it was pretty pretty obvious very young that I that I had this issue. But um um, you know, the thought of willpower. I mean, I have insane willpower, even um, when it came to food. Um, I used to be able to control it and I just got to this point um where I couldn't and I always refer back to that line, um where our problems pile up on us and become astonishingly difficult to solve. Um, that is what happens when I am not constantly doing this work. And, you know, it's one thing to read the book, um, to understand these principles and, and like, the self-knowledge, um, but to actually do it, but but not to do it, to continue to do it. And for me, um, at one point I took a step back and it, I felt like it was, it was too much for me to do, and I, I I stopped going to so many meetings, and I stopped really doing the ten steps, and I um you know stepped out for a little bit, um, but when I came back, it was like. It was very painful, but at the same time, I realized like, I I needed to do that because I needed to, something something was really really missing from my program, and I wasn't actually actually doing this. I wasn't actually working at it and doing it with the steps and and working with other people. Um, And something that I wrote when I was um, doing my most recent fear inventory about um, being judged and, you know, um, reading this and hearing what everybody else was sharing, um, it just kind of like struck this chord with me about being judged. And that is like my biggest, biggest fear. And it would bring me to my needs and bring me back into the food and um, something that I tried to do out of fear of being judged that I realized through doing these steps is that I tried to conform and change to what I thought everybody wanted me to be and what I thought everyone else was doing and so you know all these little fad diets I tried like oh well well, that works for that person so it's going to work for me Um, but also the fact that I changed myself and I was never true to myself until I came into this program and I've been at this for about four years, I've been listening to the lines, and I was recovered, and I'm recently working back to get there, and um, I'm realizing, like, who I really am now, and it's just this Gentle amazing, reminder. thank you, uh, this amazing human being that um, I can live in recovery, and I can carry this message every
1: single day, everywhere I go. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you very
11: much,
0: Allison,
1: and Leah S., you're up next. Could it have been Lynn S? Yes,
0: it definitely could have been Lynn S because hey, I got the okay. <laughs> All right, Please go ahead. <laughs> Good morning.
12: This is Lynn S, a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. It's just striking me, like I was um uh, a fat kid and whenever Harlan shares about himself as a fat kid, it just strikes goes right into my soul and so Oh, I'm thinking of all these questions, and I heard these from the age of three all through my life, but not only did I hear them from oh, my grandparents and my parents and teachers and doctors and kids at school in various different ways, but just as often as I heard it from others, I would ask myself these same questions over and over and over again and berate myself and I'd be lying in bed with the passenger side of the bed completely full of all this food tears running down my eyes not wanting to eat but the hand and the mouth going as I went through these questions why can't you stop eating why are you doing this you don't want to be doing that normal people don't do that and the degradation and i love that word that we use in the big book the annihilation of my soul over the despair and the shame and the guilt of eating like this and you know it's that kind of neat because not only was it a world back of them as a world of ignorance and misunderstanding and back of myself there was a world of ignorance and misunderstanding of the disease and i will never ever forget how the weight of the world was lifted off me when I was reading the AA 12 and 12 and I read and I heard about this disease and that it wasn't my fault. I have a disease. And, you know, they'll never get it. Half of us in the rooms don't get it. I would hope that a lot more of us that are on this particular line get it. But I need to get it. And when I get it, the world opens up to me, and the miracle of recovery is there. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you very much, Lynn S. What well, great shares today. We are sharing on There is a Solution, page 20 in the big book, and we're sharing on the third and fourth paragraphs, beginning with how many times people have said through whose reactions are very different than ours. Who would like to comment on those two paragraphs?
7: Where are you? Are you,
0: Okay, I heard Reggie O, Sylvia F, Sue G, and I'm so Lori sorry, too. Lori T, Jody, Jody E, Q, and and I heard Mo H, and we are definitely not going to be able to get to all of you, but let's just get started with what we have, Reggie O, followed by Sylvia F, then I have Sue G, Lori T, Jody E, Q, and Mo H.
2: Reggio, please go ahead. Hey, thanks, Elaine. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Great. Okay. This is Reggio, uh, again, gratefully recovered in the Los Angeles area, and very happy to be here with all of you this morning. Uh, you know, this is the second time I've heard this. I was on the earlier meeting uh, today, so the second time I've heard this today, and listening to it again, it just, you know, I feel I feel very tender somehow, and, you know, even somewhat emotional in a, in a positive sense, but I, you know, I didn't hear any of I didn't hear any of these things you know as I grew up and grew into being a you know like a real compulsive eater um but I remember once um when I came into after I'd come into program uh and I was recovered and I was with a friend for the the first, the first time although I'd still the 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 obsession had been lifted and I was abstinent but I still did not have a great understanding of the disease but I experienced it and my friend said to me <clears throat> one day, because she knew about my program, and she had been to, you know, outings with, with uh, various program groups and things, and, and she said, I just really can't understand why anyone would, like, eat after they're full, you know, would just keep eating once they're full, and, and, you know, she was so puzzled, and, and, and I thought to myself, and I yet do, how could anyone possibly understand that, you know, it makes no sense, it's not rational, so if you haven't had that experience, then, of course, you can't understand it, and it, and, you know, thinking about that today, I think, well, yeah, the outside world, they, of course, it makes no sense to them, because it doesn't make sense, really, rational sense, and, um, you know, I never was, so, I wasn't self-conscious about my eating for a really long time, uh, and I don't know why, um, but I, uh, I just wasn't until two friends, uh, fairly close together, said once, made some comments about how much I was eating and they didn't do it like why are you doing that just it was like recognition and the other time someone mentioned it like I was eating her out of house and home and she said it jokingly and playfully but it, I became very self-conscious about my eating and it was only then that it took on some shame and I even you know attempted to hide uh, and that grew Unfortunately, fortunately it wasn't too terribly long after that that I found program and you know even in program and the times that I've like uh, I've had a lot of years in program and one years, way more years than not that I have not been abstinent. And, uh, and I, and during those times, you know, I was trying the fix of the food plan. And I thought always, if I just had the perfect food plan, it would, it would work. And I, and I thought the more stringent and the, you know, the more like a a saint, you know, (laughs) that I was, then the better it would be. But it really never mattered what my food plan was. Um, I mean, I did, obviously, I know now that I had to, you know, there are things that I can't eat and ways that I can't eat. But it, the food plan never did it for me. And that that was because I never really understood that that was just, a, you know, the, the first of all, that I had a physical allergy, I kind of got that. And there were things I could eat and things I couldn't eat. And, I you know, have... ways, oh, thank you. And, and but I didn't know about the obsession, you know, and the obsession, you know, the mental obsession is what the last 11 steps or four and really the, the, the problem. So great to be able to be here with you all and to share that. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Reggie Oh. Sylvia F., you're up next, followed by Sue G. Hi. And thank you for your service and hello.
13: So nice to be with everybody on the line. This is Sylvia F., recovery compulsive over here in San Francisco Bay, who's just getting sick, and I'm going to have to surrender to that too. Um, this uh, This reading... Uh, It reminds me so much of when I was growing up. I was in a normal body weight, but I was never normal. Uh, And I don't know how other people uh, perceived me, but I know that I was never kind of a part, you know, picked last on the team or, you know, not sought out in friendships and things like that in elementary school. And I think even then people could see that there was something a little different about me. And even to this day, I don't know what it was. It wasn't until I was recovered, and this is like a decade into recovery, that I finally could understand that uh, that other people were not trying to control their food. I mean, I tried to control my food my whole life uh, unsuccessfully. I was morbidly obese, and then when I controlled it so much, I got to uh, anorexia. And it wasn't literally until about two years ago. I've been in program like 14 years it was only like last year or the year before I finally understood that other people weren't controlling their food. They didn't want it. They didn't want it. And I was like, wow, I had to wrap my mind around that. And, um, and I was a secret eater, uh, because I was so ashamed of my how much food I needed to eat. My husband bless him really thought that I had a slow metabolism because he didn't see me in front of him. And, um, and it wasn't until I finally got into the program, I didn't even tell him I was in the program, but then, uh, you know, maybe a month or six weeks into it where I could finally identify and say, this is what I have, I went back and told him and I told my children um, that I realized that I had an eating disorder. And I cried for weeks just with the, with the relief of knowing that this wasn't my fault, that I had a disease But for those of you who are new into uh, OA or are still trying to get recovered, you know, when we talk about we have to do this with a power greater than ourselves, you know, for me, it wasn't that I had to drop to my knees and pray because if that had worked, I would have just gone to church or I would have prayed out in the woods. It wasn't that. It's very much that I needed a recovered sponsor, someone who had gotten recovered through the 12, working the 12 steps through this book. And they had the they had recovery. They had neutrality around the food, and they weren't crazy in the head the way I was. That's how I had to work through this to get uh, to get recovered and to get relief. And so, if that's what you're looking for, and that's why you've called in, if you wait till the end of the hour past the recording, you will have an opportunity to identify yourself, your name and phone number, and um, other people will call you and there will be sponsors and announcements. So I encourage you if this is like, well, what do I do now? You work the steps, but you find a recovered sponsor. Because I, I was in program for many, many years. It didn't work until I worked it with a recovered sponsor using the big book, doing the steps, and I have a life beyond my wildest dreams, and I have neutrality. Um, I'm still crazy, but I know what to do about it. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you very much, Sylvia F. Suji, so, you're up next, followed by Lori T.
1: This is CG. Thank you so much for your service, Team Friday.
14: And I just want to thank Vision Program. This has definitely been the missing link in my life and in my program. Um, let's see. I didn't uh, hear much of, of this judgment um, from the outside world, but I sure heard it from, from myself um, Continuously. I hated my body. Um, I could never measure. I, I could never um, diet. It just was a miserable dieter. Uh, in 1979, I hurt my back quite badly, and I went to see a specialist. <clears throat> excuse me. And he was far more concerned about my weight than about my back. And I was five eight, and he had just apparently watched the Miss Universe pageant the night before, and he told me that I should weigh that weight. Um, which, of course, is crazy, but um, I was in the medical field, too, and I came from a very shame-based background, and so I felt really shamed by what he said, and I had just joined a gym pretty near that time, and I had the manager. It was back in the time where they weighed and measured you, and the manager uh, uh, weighed and measured me and told me that I had been there six months and that I hadn't lost anything. And she said, why don't you just get with it and, you know, do it slowly and why don't you lose uh 10 pounds uh, a month for the next, you know, lose 10 pounds a month. So it hurt my back to the point that I really couldn't exercise in the gym, but I started swimming. And I, uh, Modified my diet, which, you know, we all know about what we need to eat and not eat, and I started swimming every day, and I lost 10 pounds a month for the next six months, and I really believe God was involved in that path because I had never been able to, you know, I had done that before, never had been able to lose any weight, and so I proceeded to lose 10 pounds a month for the next six months so I had a thin body all of a sudden and absolutely no tools to deal with it and I don't recommend it believe me Uh, so I walked around stark raving, um white knuckling it for probably it was two and a half to three years before I found OA and I, I believe that that was God's plan too because when I came into OA I was on my knees I was just So desperate that I would have done anything and everything, and I did do anything and everything that my sponsor asked me to do at that point in time. Um, So that was that was my path, and um, yeah, as I tell my if if I tell my story, I tell people I definitely would not recommend that. But you know, it was my path, and that was what God intended for me. Uh, and right before I came in the program, I had turned my back on God. I grew up in a very religious family and didn't really want it. And, you know, anyway, I don't need to get into that. But I didn't want anything to do with God until about maybe two months before I... Just a uh, reminder? Oh, thank you. Um, it was it was just completely divinely ordained, everything and that happened to me before uh during and the the entire thing was was God's divine plan. And I guess with that I will pass and thank you all and have a beautiful weekend.
0: Thank you. So G. T, you're up next.
11: And hey, good morning. we
0: we just have about two minutes left I'm afraid. But that's please perfect. Ask, um, please
7: go ahead. Thank you. I'm gonna use vision of my higher power this morning. Um, tomorrow I'm going to my mother's funeral. And yesterday, um, I lay in her cold arms and I cried on her bosom. And then I went to my father's grave site and I told my mother, I said, this craziness, this madness of our family and everything we've done, it stops with me. My dad was an alcoholic. She was a shopper. It, my sister was an heroin addict. And I and I'm so thankful I made the that I have this program. And so when I hear the reading like I hear it this morning. And I know this book, and I know that this spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. When I hear that message this morning, I know that I now can no longer offer either. There is not a spiritual solution to anybody. And all that we read today in the reading, there is no spiritual solution offered to the sufferer. And if I continue to not offer a spiritual solution, then I continue in the suffering of others. I know it. I have it. I have lived it. And when I now have an opportunity on this broad highway and I think about the highway and all the cars and people passing by, just a moment in my life, can I reach out? This morning I did what I call my two eyed prayer. I can say two eyes in my prayer. How can I help? How can I serve? That's the only time I can use I in my prayer and to be of maximum service. And I can tell you, people tell me they're sorry for my loss, and I accept that and receive that with joy. But in my heart, with my heart on this program, I say, oh, the loss is true, but the gain is truer of a saving life of an open heart, of a willingness to to live a life that is happy, joyous, and free. And it is to doing these 12 steps. For me personally, it occurred more greatly here in Vision. And I'm so thankful that I have Vision. And I wanted Vision to kind of book in my experience here with me and all of you out there. And I'm sure you're praying for me at this moment. I can feel your love. And, and we are doing what is, what is the greatest service we can do towards others, and that's to not offer them a solution of, uh, of a will or a human aid, but to offer them a human solution and to own it and have it and experience ourselves. I hope I didn't go over. I thank you so much for a chance to share, and I'll be back on the line listening and experiencing the rest with you guys um, as soon as we can get together again. Thank you so much, and I'll pass.
0: Thank you very much, Lori T., and our sympathy and prayers do go out to you. And thanks everybody who shared today. We will now transition the meeting by reading from the big book on page 164. Will Jody EQ please read a vision for you?
9: I will indeed. Thank you, Elaine. Good morning, everybody. This is Jody EQ, Gratefully Recovered in California. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little.